When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. We are back inside the locker room. Hour number two, a.k.a. the power hour inside of the locker room. And we are blessed. We are fortunate. And we are overjoyed. To have the ray of sunshine himself. That's right, Steelers Digest editor in chief Ola, uh, Mr. Bob Labriola, also top commandante of the Aston Answered. And I have to tell you, if you if you don't do anything else this Tuesday, I really encourage you to go read Aston Answered on Steelers.com. Um, because I get tickled with joy every time I read it. <laughs> Because Bob just presents a no-nonsense historical perspective and current musings for all your intellectual delights. He is Mr. Bob Labriola. How are we doing today, Bob? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Max. I mean, um, the ray of sunshine, I think that you might be experiencing where you are, is not exactly here in western Pennsylvania today. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, sometimes you you, you got you, you you got to be creative. You have to be creative. You have to look you know, I, <laughs> I, I was just going to suggest you, you know, because I was looking at the, uh, you know, down the down the uh, end of the week forecast. Uh, it's not going to be short sleeve weather weather on Saturday, Max. In case you were wondering, oh, so, what's the weather report, Labs? <laughs> uh, I think uh, I I do believe the uh, the high temperature. Um, is going to be in the above freezing, but not by much. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Max. So, th- thanks for the eliminating the Cheerios. Uh, there, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, you know what? Hey, it was great having you on the show. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's Blab, something yeah, about yeah. moving from the sidelines to the booth that just tickles my fancy right now. I got to tell you. <laughs> because it's always short sleeve weather. Yeah, it's but, always short sleeve. It'll, it'll be dry, though, Max. It'll be dry. That's good. I mean, that, 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 is, that is the, gold, that is, that is the, uh, the golden moment right there. You know, it's a silver lining I look for that I will not be wet. So I don't have to wear the impermeable gear. I can wear something that's breathable. Um, so that is, that is nice. And I mean, listen, you know, the game is not going to be at a great time either because the sun will start setting. Um, anyways, uh, we're, we're not going to focus on Saturday just yet <laughs> as I start packing today for it. No. Um, but you know, so we kind of talked about it earlier, obviously some, some big news coming in yesterday. Um, first one up, of course. 
there is now another quarterback change uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Mason Rudolph slated to start, uh, Bob. And when I kind of look at this, you know, you say every every stone must be unturned at this point um, because what has happened over the last three weeks will not go on any further. And we're now, after three weeks, now to our third quarterback here. Um you know, kind of just general thoughts about that. And, you know, was this was this an expected move after seeing what transpired late in the game when they when they removed Mitch Trubisky and placed Mason in? Was this something you thought, okay, this looks like they're trying to get him ready for next week? Or did you think, okay, we'd seen enough and we're just trying to keep Mitch protected? What what was your thought when that happened? And of course now the announcement. Well, you know, I'll I'll tell you what, I what, what I kept thinking of while watching the game was, you know, when uh, Mike Tomlin has talked, and he's talked a lot about this, this starting in training camp, make the routine plays routinely. Mm. Mitch Trubisky was not doing that in that game. Um, I, re- I really, uh, that was really in the forefront of my mind on, on a couple of occasions. I mean, um, in the first half, for example, you know, the Steelers are up 13-7. Um, it's late in the first half. They've already lost their two starting safeties. Okay, so you know where you are. You know, you're be- you're um, between a rock and a hard place there because, you know, your roster is your roster uh, in the second quarter of a game. There's no making uh, call-ups from the practice squad or, you know, any of that stuff. So you lose Minka and DeMonte Casey and the only other safeties you have in uniform are your special teams captain, Miles Killebrew and Trenton Thompson, who before the game is over is going to have to leave uh, for a little bit with a stinger. Right. Um, So you're, you're, you're in a, you're in a tough spot there uh, defensively now. So the Steelers get the ball, um, you know, with the right around the two minute warning, after the defense uh, made a goal line stand. And so they're moving the ball a little bit down the field. Not, I mean, I, don't, I think at that point the idea was, or this is what I was thinking the idea was, to get out of the half with the lead. You know, hopefully get out of the half with the lead. Then you're going to have to figure out how you're going to redeploy your defense and you're probably going to need every second of that 12 minutes you get at halftime to figure that out. So they're moving the ball a little bit, then play is third and three at the Steelers' 33-yard line with 58 seconds left. (laughs) Pat Fryermuth is wide open in the middle, standing there, beyond the line to gain. Throw it to him. Pitch and catch. You know, pretend he's a, I don't know, a, a fan in the stands or, you know, whatever. As I said, it, 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 you didn't have to place it on his left shoulder, on his right shoulder. It wasn't going to be a combat catch. Nothing. Just, you know, hit him between the eights. And he didn't. Um, so then uh, Presley Harvin punts, and the Colts go 74 yards in three plays. They go into the half of the lead, 14-13. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I get that the defense, you know, you can – but, again, you're playing without safeties here. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that you needed 
that was just an instance where you needed your veteran quarterback to make a play, and it wasn't that difficult a play to make. You know, make that play. Um, so, and then uh, the other one that really stuck with me was when the Steelers, were, when they right around the 57-yard field goal attempt, should he or shouldn't he make, uh, try to um, attempt that field goal in that situation? Okay, it's the third quarter, um, and uh, there's uh, three, four minutes left in the third quarter, maybe. Um, and um, you, you have the ball um, second and six at the 31-yard line, the Colts 31-yard line. Now, uh, Mitch, Mitch throws an incomplete pass, but then Dan Moore gets called for holding. It's the mm. third offensive holding call on that possession which is you guys you guys can speak to that um how how debilitating that is three of them i mean you overcame the first two yeah um but then so you have you get another shot at it uh, on third down and instead of trying to maybe pick up a little bit of the yardage on third and 14 from the 39 to maybe get uh, Boswell a little bit of um, breathing room or, you know, uh, move it up a little bit. Mitch goes deep down the left sideline to Pickens. Now, to me, that just showed a lack of awareness. I mean, he wasn't wide open. Um, there had to be something, you know, to me, instead of trying to make that play then, just get it closer for the field goal attempt. Right. Uh, right. And again, a veteran uh, move, in my opinion, is – not to try and get too greedy there, just, you know, make the routine play. And that was another example to me of a thing that you would expect from Mitch Trubisky based on his years of experience, you know, all of that stuff as a starter, you know, he took the Bears to the playoffs a couple of times. All of that kind of pedigree has not been showing up lately. And then there's the turnovers too. So uh, it doesn't. it didn't surprise me that the move was made really didn't yeah I can understand that I mean he's thrown what five interceptions this year and 107 attempts so you know those, those factors do weigh in and I, I think it's what Mike Tomlin referred to as he liked about moving uh, to Mason Rudolph is he it's a calculated risk taker referring to Mason I guess that's what you you talk about when you got a governor on things like that. You know, you see down the field and you make the safe throw to get closer to the field goal rather than trying for the touchdown. That would be in my mind what Mike was talking about right there. Yeah, and but you know, let's uh, you know, um, and I'm not trying to be mean here to Mason Rudolph or anything, but you know, Mason Rudolph lost his job in 2019, lost the job in 2019 when Ben was hurt because. He wouldn't let, you know, let go of the ball. I mean, you know, it just seemed to be squeezing it so tight um, because sometimes, you know, you have to just turn it loose. Mm -hmm. You know, you, there's NFL open or however you want to describe it, and you, you see the guy and you throw it to him. You can't get paralyzed by worrying uh, about what the, the downside of a particular decision might be when you're throwing the ball. So, you know, um, I, I, again, uh, there, there were reasons why, in my opinion, that, you know, Mason Rudolph was third on the depth chart. And I think a lot of it had to do with his history 
like since 2019. Now, today, yesterday, um, or Saturday in Indianapolis, the situation ahead of him on the depth chart, I think, had just become so untenable that uh, you know you you have to you have to try something. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin, his quote was something about you know I didn't like what we were seeing or however that went. Uh, so yeah, it was it was time to make a move, but you know I don't I don't think it's fair to Mason Rudolph to expect him to come in and try and be the savior uh, because. That's that's an awfully tough um, ask, I think, at this point of the season, and at this point in terms of his what he has been doing, all the you know standing around as the third quarterback, running the scout team, um, the limited amount of uh, days he's had as the backup to get any real work with the players he's going to be playing with on this Saturday. Um, so you know we'll see what happens. Hope for the best, um, but I'm I'm just I don't think it would be fair to him to expect him to come out and light it up. So what you're saying is he's not going to throw 51 times like he did the last time he came in a game. It was only 50. Oh, it was only 50. I apologize. Let me take that one for the off sake of, of journalistic integrity. For the sake, well, I just need to um, be off by one today. <laughs> well, speaking, you know, speaking of not being fair to Mason Rudolph, I think that. You know, attempt having him attempt that many passes would not be fair to him. Oh, um, yeah, and um, I don't think the Bengals' run defense is exactly as good as New England's, so you should be able to run the ball a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, and I think you have to you have to play keep away right now. I mean, that's yeah. literally what it is to help your defense out, and no better version of keep away than time of possession. Uh, you know, would I love to see what the Colts did to us, you know, uh, in one particular drive where they ran the ball 13 consecutive times and dared the defense to stop? Absolutely. But I know that that's going to be a little more, you know, far-fetched um, against the squad. But you still, like you said, you still have to be able to run it competently and efficiently. And, you know, that's also going to help a lot for Mason is how effective you can how effectively can you run the football? Can you run schematics that keep guys as based up as possible? Cause you have to realize they're going to watch the film from the last time they played them when the Steelers racked up what almost, almost 200 yards of, of uh, rushing um, against them. Um, so you have to think that they're, that they're going to squarely try and put that ball in Mason's hand, but you have to fight that inclination you know, labs, as I, as I kind of look at it and, you know, concussion protocol has been a thing of, of constant topics because we, we had guys in it a number of times over the last couple of weeks. Um, and now, you know, Cam is in that protocol. If he can clear or not, you know, we, we shall see. It might be late like it was for TJ and Alex, um, you know, last week. But, you know, when we look at the defense – and the defensive line, particularly, what what what's been one of the things that you know, as you've seen the rotations um, of guys, has been kind of stood out to you. Um, if there's anything you've seen where it's been like, oh man, you know, I wish this would go this way. Because I mean, like you said, when you have a team run 13 straight rushing plays on you, obviously there, there's a deficiency somewhere, and they they ID'd it and they wanted to keep the ball out of the Steelers' offensive hands. 
But, you know, as a defensive line, I mean, that's kind of been one of the questions, you know, can we stop the run? We, we, we had the issue earlier in the year, and then we kind of we plugged it up in the middle of the season, and now it's kind of re- reared its ugly head again. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know. I was kind of always kind of ask you this question or pose this question to you guys about because, Max, you referenced that drive. What was it, 13 plays? They were in 12 of them. Um, running plays on 12 of them. Was it the same play? How many times did they run the same play? You understand what I mean? At least you know, six um, of those times, half of the time. Okay. And, you know, and I don't know because, you know, a lot of run defense is more than just the defensive linemen. Um, and I don't know if, you know, were the, were the inside guys filling, not filling, um, was the alignment or the they were deployment being blocked, of the labs? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, or the, de- the the de- the deployment of the defense to try and you know compensate for having no safeties. You know, how did that? What was the trickle down effect on that? Uh, getting yeah. blocked because you know I don't know if the inside linebackers were filling properly because a lot of times the defensive lineman might just be looking for a stalemate or you know something along the line of scrimmage and then. It's up to the other guys uh, on the defensive unit to, you know, fill the holes and make the plays. Now, I don't know that that was that the defensive line was doing that effectively enough. Um, I don't know if the inside linebackers or the linebacker, the you know, the second level of the defense as a unit was doing what it was supposed to do. Were they just all getting handled physically? Because when that happens, you know, as, or as Wolf said, they were getting blocked. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. I, and that, to me, might have been the most exactly. disappointing thing is when you're getting handled physically yes. like that. And it can happen, but 13 plays in a row? <laughs> I mean, um, because those 12 running plays or whatever it was, every one of them gained yards except one. And that the other one just lost one yard. So it's not like, you know, there was any ebb and flow to this matriculation down the field i mean it was three four five eight three five two eight you know in in they weren't chunk plays so to speak but that was consistently moving the ball down the field on the runs uh converting the third downs if necessary or sometimes you know it would be second and medium and they'd convert on at, at that um at that point uh, and it just didn't seem like there was, I won't say there was no resistance, but at no point in that possession was the Colts offense put in a bad spot, you know, second and 14, right? you know, any of those kinds of situations. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, well-versed enough in the, you know, the specifics of how that, how the game is supposed to be played down there to really intelligently answer your question, Max. Um, but it just seemed to me, you know, and this is where I go to all the time, um, because as Wolf said, I was there when Chuck uttered that famous line because he was being blocked right. for a reason that he pulled the defensive lineman. Um, that I always go right there. You know, are they getting handled physically? Because once you're getting handled physically, I don't know if there's a whole lot you can do about it. That's exactly um, the point. I'm sorry, Labs. Did you finish your? No, no, please. Okay. No, no, the, I'm done. The whole thing is, it's how do you out schematic a butt kicking? You can't. 
You know, I mean, does any way you draw it up, and that's what was so discouraging about it. And I know the defensive guys, these, this happens every now and then. It can happen. And I don't know why, but, you know, sometimes a, a, a team's momentum gets rolling. And I know on the other end of it, when we've been in a situation where I, as a player, am a part of the offense rolling against the defense, it's the greatest spot to be in. It's, it's like unbelievable because you're watching the defense melt down in front of you. They're arguing with each other. They're yelling and cussing at each other. They're cussing at you. They're getting off the ground slowly. You know that you're getting into their heads. They're, they're trying to understand what is lacking. Why is it this a continuous roll down the field? Now, it doesn't happen often, that's for sure. But the fact is, to see something like that, and it's like you said, that's it's a physical manhandling. It's it's very difficult. You telling me that Cam Hayward is out there going, oh, this, that's fine, no problem. No, he's not wired that way. T.J. Watt's not wired that way. The guys on the defense, they're not wired to take a butt kicking. But sometimes when you know you get that momentum going and it starts rolling down the hill and you get that snowball effect, as Chuck talked about, those things can happen, and it's just. It, it, it does become that. It, 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 in, in essence, it became a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. It, it, they were just rolling forward, and there was no stopping it at that point, it seemed like. Yeah, and Quentin Nelson, I mean, his, his uh, resume, you know, is obviously one of the, the better ones, certainly right. at that position in the league. But, you know, all due respect, I mean, I don't know that any of those other guys are um, in danger of getting voted to the Pro Bowl. No, and Ryan so, Kelly's pretty good. I thought. I thought you know he's a decent son. Okay, but I, I'm not. I'm not saying he's a, a Marquise Pouncey by any means. But and and that's what I mean too. I mean you're getting handled physically by, yeah. you know, one first team All Pro and four guys, four yeah. other guys. Yeah. And um, you know, I I, I just uh, what didn't I like about the rotation? All of it. <laughs> In that in that respect, no, no sir. I mean, because it, it it didn't matter. I mean, you know, the it right. Um, and again, I don't know what you do about that. I just don't. I uh, that's got to be a helpless feeling uh, for the coaching staff. Um, and I, I would imagine all the players on that unit. And there's no question about it. And Max, I can I jump in for a question because yeah, I wanted to ahead. ask Labs this real quick. Damani Casey, the the whole fine. I mean, he, this guy's going to lose uh, over a quarter million bucks. Okay, does it not make more sense to you? And I'm probably, I think I got an idea where you might go with this. But instead of having an offensive lineman judging what he's doing, why not somebody who has got some experience in that? end of the defense and understanding the mesh points on routes and the hitting and everything else that they're trying to do with the NFL doesn't it seem like that would be a, a smart thing to have somebody who's adjudicating your case based on he's got some knowledge of what it takes and what it what things are like in the secondary as a player sure absolutely uh, Tom Brady spoke about that exactly you know he said you know Brady says the quarterback's fault Gardner Minshew's fault for throwing the ball like that. True. The coach's fault for not teaching him how to properly, you know, place the ball and when not to throw it in, you know, in certain places that are that are going to get you got your guys hit. Um, and but all, I, you know, again, and, the, and also the, the key... John Runyon. You know, I mean, you got an offensive lineman that's judging the case. 
I mean, would you? Uh, to me, it seems like it'd be smart to have somebody back there who was a secondary uh, performer who understands, you know, coverages and hitting and all that other stuff that you got to, you know, go through to be able to hit somebody at this point in time in the NFL. I don't disagree with you, but I don't know that the NFL is interested in that. Huh. What the NFL is interested in, in my opinion, is getting this out of the game. Mm. Okay, it's not about. Um, trying to uh and i don't want adjudicate this fairly okay i mean they they want to punish they want to punish and punish fine suspend um if they got to sacrifice players they don't care okay um if they you know and here's the thing that was lost in my opinion in a lot of the um reporting of what runyon wrote in the letter um, repeated offenses. He wrote in KZ, you know, for your repeated offenses. Mm. So then I looked it up a little bit. He's been fined five or six times this year before right. this. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, again, I don't think they care. They want to, okay, you're a repeat offender. There's some recidivism there. Um, we're, you know, if it's necessary that, and I'm speaking from the league's a viewpoint on this issue. Mm-hmm. If the league has to, what was Kareem Jackson was the guy, uh, Denver, wasn't he? He was suspended this year. Um, they'll throw guys like that under the bus. I mean, if, if this is what is necessary to get those plays out of the game, that's what they will do. Um, and I, I also believe another thing that's uh, at play here is, and this has happened a bunch of times, okay, they come down with the suspension. He's suspended for the rest of the year, but you can appeal. Okay. So, and um, DeMonte Casey's agent has said that he will appeal. So let, he will appeal. Now, if they dial it back from, let's see, it's three games plus playoffs, maybe to, you know, two games plus playoffs, you know, whatever, whatever they might decide, then the league from a, PR standpoint or from a, um, you know, a perspective standpoint of, of what they're doing, they get it both ways. Tough on crime. We suspended them for the rest of the year. And then, um, you know, they have some sympathy, um, you know, and, and they dial it back a little bit. Mm. So they've now they've done both. Okay. See, they get both ends of the, um, but I, I really don't, I, I agree with you, Wolf. Um, and and my you know and also I've been reading up on John Runyon. Um, he was a dirty player. Yeah, I know he was. That's the thing. That's the that's the, the hidden vig in this whole thing. You think about it. that guy uh, was. I, I okay. Go ahead. Sorry. But I you know as I said I looked him up. Uh, Sean Merriman, you remember the linebacker outside linebacker from right. the Chargers stories. He was telling about John Runyon and and how dirty he was. Um, and you know there were stories I, I found on the internet kind of. Um, the, I'm just summarizing the theme of them. Uh, how can the league make their top cop one of the dirtiest guys who ever played their sport? I'm watching you know, a, a, a video, right? I'm sorry, absolutely. but Wes just pulled this up of Runyon diving headfirst into a player standing by the pile and knocking him out. I mean, the players yeah. are standing there, and he leaped, and I mean, he went headfirst with a 340-pound body into a 250 pound body and absolutely knocked the guy. I think he's out. 
Yeah, I mean, no. one of the things, one of the things, you know, and I got this as a submission to ask and answer. The guy said, you know, having John Runyon um, decide suspensions for dirty play is like putting Cheech and Chong in charge of the DEA. <laughs> um, that is the quote of the year. Oh, oh my gosh, that is, that is so, awesome. That is you know, priceless. but again, as I, I'm saying, I, I really don't think the league cares about that kind of stuff. They want this out of the sport because I read a story. The Washington Post just did a big study on declining participation rates uh, among high school. Uh, high school um, age boys to play tackle football. Mm, okay. I mean, so I, I think that there are a lot of things at work here that go beyond, you know, well, just kind of the point you were making about wouldn't it be better if you had a, okay. someone yeah. who played the position, you know, to judge this stuff. That, that, I think that that's that's so far down on the list. You know, they want, again, they want they got they got to convince mommy and daddy that this sport is not going to leave their children um, disabled. You know it's okay to play this game, this sport. Right, right. And this is what and so everybody's watching the NFL and everybody mimics what they see in the NFL and you know so they need the league needs to crack down on this stuff and get it out of the game. And again. If they have to run 20 guys out of the league and maybe most of it is done unfairly, they don't care. Okay, yeah. They need to make this point. They need to ingrain this. They need guys who are – who because they don't want a high school kid or a college kid to see that play and think that there's anything about it that has any redeeming value. Boy, you know, a- that's, that's like – Right. That's like armed robbery, you know, mm-hmm. on the street. There's no excuse. There's no explanation. There's nothing. That is wrong, and you're going to get punished severely if you do that. And, um, you know, is it unfortunate? Yes. Uh, is it necessary? Um, maybe. You know, in terms of if you really want to eliminate this, right. you really have to ingrain this in people and make them believe or fear for their careers, um, if they would even, th- you know, gotcha. suggest or think to participate uh, at that at, at that, you know, level, right? So, um, I agree with Mike Tomlin. I do not believe Demonte Casey is a dirty player. No, uh, and I also yeah. believe, you know, what Mike Mitchell said um, about it. You know, Mike Mitchell's a Colts safeties coach. Right. He said, "I don't know. I don't know how to." I don't know how to coach guys yeah. anymore. I don't know what to tell them, you know, let them catch the ball, you know, and then touch them down. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think he also said, Mike Mitchell, if I was a receiver, I would dive for every ball. Yes. Yes. Because he if you did. dive for the ball, he said, he said, you as a defensive back, the target is already low. You can't get any lower than that. Right. So if you hit him at all, it's a, it's a, um, a penalty, maybe a, an ejection, and quite possibly a, a suspension. And then you become, I think this too, uh, you you hang such a, a black mark over these players, no team's going to sign him then. They, they can't, you know, you can't, right. whether, 
you believe he's dirty or not is beside the point. You can't have a guy that the officials or the league is looking at trying to uh, or looking at them uh, with more scrutiny than other people because you're going to lose a, a player in the middle of a game or you know whatever it might be get hit with big yardage in penalties uh, lose his services it, it's just not worth it so um, it's too bad yeah. I, you know I, I wish I had some other but I just think this is the uh, the corporate um, direction that the league is going. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And you know, the good, the the one, and it's not necessarily a good thing, but the opportunity that's there, uh, Bob, is that he can at least try and appeal and hopefully get somebody with a little more, you know vision or experience you know Derek Brooks or James Thrash are now the two that could potentially hear his appeal uh we want to we want to thank you Labs, for coming to join us we have blown past the break and I want to make sure that Wolf has all the time he needs to lead the next segment because he's he, Labs he, he's chomping quote, at the bit quote of the year <laughs> from, from Labs though that was amazing <laughs> yeah it, it is it, it is well I, I stole is. that from the submission so it's okay yeah, it's, submi- it's still submission. great it's submission yeah. of the year how about that that's the submission okay. of the year we're not talking UFC uh, so <laughs> uh we appreciate it Labs uh as always uh if you want to go read that Aston answered or any Aston answered you know, from this season happening every Tuesday, that's today. You can go to Steelers.com, Steelers Digest as well to see that. We appreciate the time labs, and we will see you on Saturday at the ball yard, my friend. Have a great day, and we're going to step aside with more Inside the Locker Room here on ESPN and SNR Radio. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, number one on the things to do list this weekend would be making sure that you kind of get it in your mind review and film. Pat Fryermuth and his big day, I believe it was nine for over 100 yards. Something like that. Had, I think, 11 targets. But I would certainly expect uh, Cincinnati is going nine to. Nine for 120. Nine for 120. Okay, there we go. That, to be Yes, to be te- technically correct for the sake of journalistic integrity. Since I've been <laughs> off by one the entire time, I wanted to be exactly <laughs> correct this time, Wolf. You're spot on, buddy. You're spot on. Exactly. But you know, if you're if you're the Bengals, that's probably job one you gotta think about. But also, you know, I mean I, I gotta admit, you know, you gotta look at Mason Rudolph. You gotta go back to find Mason Rudolph tape. That's there's not a lot there's not very much around from the recent times. So there that's gonna be a problem for the Bengals, I would think. No. Um it, it's it's gonna be a, a deep dive and especially after Coach Tomlin kind of you know, setting the table early and setting the expectation, um, you know, for what is about to happen and that it is, you know, Mason has the keys. I imagine Mitch will be, you know, number two. Um, and we'll we'll wait to all obviously hear also the progress of Kenny Pickett as well. And, 
right. see where he's at in his recovery um, as another option. But yeah, it, it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, you know, because I think Mason knows this system. He's been in this system. He understands the plays. He understands what's going to be expected of him. You know, because just a year ago he was he was knee deep in a quarterback competition. Right. So, you know, and 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 both you and I, Wolf. I mean, we both talked about this and how good Mason looked. Oh yeah. You know, in that competition. So, you know, for him to have an opportunity, you know, looking forward to seeing how that's going to go, and you know, hopefully everybody kind of rallies around him, especially offensively and you know defensively, try and do their best. And hopefully, you know, you think of this as kind of a circle the wagons type of moment for this squad as you try and finish this season out on on a higher note than than it has been over the last uh, couple of weeks. Think about this and the quandary now that you've kind of could possibly get if Kenny's ready to go, but Mason is, you know, the, the guy getting the most reps. What do you do? I mean, this is it, it kind of does put you in a little bit of a, a spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, at this point, I would I, I would welcome that issue. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would wholeheartedly embrace it. I'm trying it. to avoid controversy, and you're like, oh, I'll welcome it right in. Yeah, let's. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. L- listen, you've been with me every game this season and yeah. every day we've done this show. Yes, yes. I would love for it to be, you know what? Who do we keep in? And I would say keep the hot hand. You know, yeah. I mean, I just want to see hot hands instead of lukewarm hands. You know? I got gotcha. <laughs> you. Know, you know it, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. If, if this had been otherwise and Kenny had not suffered an ankle injury or was just out for one game, I'd obviously, obviously say, look, Kenny, this is, this is his time. This is his place. You know, keep feeding. If he can go, he's got to fight through the adversity. He needs a chance to emerge out of this because that's how you grow. That's how you become something other than just a guy in the league. You know, it's like it's like a Landon yeah. Roberts says. You you got you can't run from adversity. You got to stare right back at it and fight your way through it. That's how you survive in the league. You get better through emerging through that that uh, shadowy tunnel of of uh, you know not of adversity. My goodness, you know, and so that that gives me that if 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 Kenny was ready to go, and then so is. Mason, wow, that's that would be a tough one. Yeah, ex- exactly. I'm like, listen, it, it, you know, you went, and you got surgery, so I would say, you know what, if if, th- if things change in a different direction, you know, we'd love to get you back out there. If it's a if it's a playoff push at the end, and we're going into Baltimore, okay, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, okay, I, I mean, I'm here for it, but why rush back for rushing back's sake when? You know, you can get more time to heal. And like you said, if the season is already in the position that it's in, it's like, let, let, let's let's err on the side of caution so that you can go into the offseason healthier than what happens if you potentially have a setback in game or, you know, and, and we quote unquote put you har- needlessly in harm's way. Right. Right. Um, because we already know that, you know, they already look at Steeler quarterbacks a lot different than they do the other quarterbacks. <laughs> Um, you know, you hate to say it like that, but that's the truth of the matter. Uh, cause there's so many penalties that we've seen this season that just don't get called on Steelers quarterbacks. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. So I, I was like, I wouldn't, I would rather err on the side of caution. 
if it's me and get to the off season. And then as all the turnover and all the changes happen, at least we got a healthy guy in this situation, ready to attack the next season. If that is the case now, now if let's just play fantasy wolf, let's just play fantasy for a second, not fantasy football. Let's let's do this. Live a fantasy Island. Let's, let's, let's play fantasy on the other side. Okay, fine. I'll I'll do it during my segment. Yeah. You do it during your segment because we got to go to break and I want to give you enough time to wrap it all up and put a bow on it. You, with the so bell. Well, you know, I have my so moments. Kind. I just have some of my moments. Okay. So we're going to go to break, and we'll be back with more right here as Max brings the bell lap in. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, it is now the bell lap here inside the locker room. (laughs) That's right. Now we're going back to Fantasy Island, Wolf. Okay. Join me. Yes. On a... On a trip to a mystical place. A mystical place where the Steelers win their their next two games. Say wow, this beat. really is a mystical place. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was, that was a low-hanging fruit Really? Joke. Really? Listen, gosh. You, Max, you hung that fruit so low. I mean, Yoda could have exactly. picked that one yeah. off the tree. Yeah, exactly. Listen, but I didn't need you to Grogu it, you know, and just mind zap it. Uh, just, just let me, let me have a moment here. I'm talking, I'm conversing with Wolf. The elders are speaking right now amongst themselves. (laughs) All right. So where was I? Yes, that's right. Okay. Let's say Mason Steelers beat Bengals. Mason Steelers beat Seahawks who just beat the Eagles uh, in the last second touchdown. Yeah. It's a pretty good game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Uh, let's just say we win both of those games. Now we get to the hard decision. Are we back in the playoff picture? Yes, there's a possibility. Need some things to happen. Need another team to lose. But you're going to Baltimore, who has sewed up the one seed. And Kenny Pickett's healthy now. He's had another two weeks to rest. Oh, my goodness. What do you do, Wolf? <laughs> what do you do? Uh, you know, um, this was kind of like, uh, wow, that's a tough one. I it depends on how well Mason was doing. If if you know if 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 Mason if you know you know how the game folds out, and if it's because the offense is rolling and everything, then you got to play the hot hand. I mean, there's no just no yeah. question about that. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just saying. I mean, if, if – if, and once again, we were talking complete hypotheticals here. Let's just say the Steelers somehow they score 24 points. I'm not going to get crazy. Say they score 24 points against the Bengals and mm-hmm. they score – Oh, you're really going to make this hard. 20. Yeah, 20. Is, is that enough or do you think it has to be a little bit better before you say that? Say they go out 24 and 20. Is he completing 60% of his passes or 40% of his passes? 
I'd say 60, but it's it's high-value passes because they're going to run the ball, run emphasis. All right. I'm still going to go with the hot hand. I, I'm yeah. Okay. I'm just right. yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, hey listen. Just go exercise, that way. Just yep. exercise. At I the know, end but of the it's show. a it's it's a brain scratcher for me. It is. It is. It is. Hey, you know, I wanted you to scratch your brain a little bit. <laughs> it was itching. Um, <laughs> but all right, with that, that is the show for the day. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, it's Wednesday. It's Hump Day. It's Wex Wednesday. It's all those fun things. So make sure you tune in. Same black and gold channel. Same black and gold time. He's Craig Wolfley. I'm Max Starks. Wesley Euler on the ones and twos. CJ Junior Ninja in training. And of course, Brian LaMartina, the sensei in charge. Go make it a great day. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.